Hey, this is C. Hope Clark, editor of FundsForWriters.com and author of the Carolina Slade Mystery Series and the upcoming Edisto Beach Mystery Series. Wow, this is podcast number 15. I know it doesn't seem like many to a lot of you professional podcasters out there, but uh, I'm happy we've made it this far and I get great feedback. So sit back and enjoy this next one entitled Just Seeing the Wrong. Summer heat can be oppressive. Living in South Carolina, humidity, humidity couples with the temperature to create an environment that many non-Southerners just cannot abide. I'm an outdoors person, but in July and August, pulling weeds from my garden rates as almost sadistic. It's miserable. The too sweaty to take just one shower days are the absolute worst. Not that I still don't enjoy my mother nature. I equate working in 90% humidity and 95 degree heat with writing a difficult project. I love having sweated just like I love having written. I can't wait to get to the end, but I still have to do the job well. But sometimes the heat isn't the only issue. Everyone has bad days, bad weeks, months, and yes, years. I tell myself that at least a couple of times during the year in expectation for those times when the stars do not align and people behave at their worst. August and December are my downest months, as if I had a depression cycle of some type. I can't explain it, but it happens almost every year. Maybe I'm my own worst enemy. But we all have these moments to include all the happy, successful people you admire. You wish you could be them when in reality their days suck just as badly or worse than yours. They just know what direction to channel their ickiness and they wisely don't throw it out to be dissected in public. But in seeing happy, successful people, we tend to think less of ourselves. I don't know why we do that. Don't tell me you don't because I know I do it. Everybody I know does it. Sometimes I see indie authors excelling and I wish I wasn't a traditionally published author. That's a flip from just a few years ago. And so many indie authors still crave the validation of a traditional press. Too much peeking over the fence into the greener pasture scenario. It's never greener, you know, and it's easier to fertilize the grass you're standing on. I'm a huge Hugh Howie fan loving his tactful way of facing up to publishing the publishing business with this dignity, honesty, compassion, and a heavy dose of researched intelligence and tact. For those of you who do not know him, he's made immense self-publishing, and he did it with a mission, and by diving 110% into his goals, he reaped what he sowed without a doubt. And he's always nice. He happened to be listed on a blog post at the Book Designer this month, a post entitled, Nine Self-Publishing Fiction Writers You Should Follow Today. He appeared on the list with Joanna Penn, Elizabeth Craig, J.A. Conrath, C.J. Lyons, Johnny B. Truant, and more. Duh, there were nine. Pretty powerful, heavy hitters in the biz. I've heard of them all, and I follow most of them. They never seem to have bad days. And the only one who rants and raves is J.A. Conrath, which is just his way. 
In the end, there's a lesson in his quasi-nasty voice, and in so many ways, you wish you had the guts to say what he says the way he says it. Plus, that colorful personality is also what makes his fiction awesome. So it was crazy awesome that Conrath bowed to Hugh Howey in Conrath's recent post about the whole Amazon hatchet battle. A post entitled, Doug Preston's Bloodbath, if you want to check it out. It was like watching Iron Man and Captain America patting each other on the back, and I'm that person on the street privileged enough to see the moment. But then the crowd disperses, the superheroes fly away, and I'm left standing there thinking about how droll my life is. Here I am going through the routine that is my own, without fanfare, without such admiration, wondering what I did wrong to land my lot in life, like the day after Christmas. So this is July, almost August. I told you what that means. I see how others are doing well in this business that I bust my ass over. And I wonder what I could have done differently. You know, that's just craziness. I scratch my overheated brain seeking a trick, some new magic, a marvelous mind-bending revelation that can propel me up the ranks and make me more than lower mid-list as a writer. And so the spiral goes. I start seeking what others have done to emulate their wonderful success, what innovative thought process made them excel and appear so marvelous. What can I rob from their journey and make it fit in mine? Or in my polar opposite line of thought, I vow never to do what they did because then I'd be selling my soul. I'm supposed to be unique. I need to forge my own tools. How dare I try to copycat? And before the day is through, I've spun into despair, thinking I don't have what it takes in this job. And from all the emails I receive, other writers sense this at some point in their writing careers as well. The newer the writer, the more they feel oppressed from the heat of all that high-powered success that's preceded them in this journey. Success they feel is just too far out of reach. That's how writers quit. That's also how writers spew talk about writer's block. That's how writers start inserting words like only, but, can't, and just into their vocabulary so that they don't feel as badly knowing their place when in fact they just make matters worse giving themselves permission to hold themselves back. Sometimes we just see the wrong in ourselves. That's all we can see. And sometimes that makes us want to see the wrong in others, to make us feel more right about where we've placed ourselves, to convince us that there is a pecking order, and this ground we've chosen is still better than someone else's ground. And the end result is that we lower ourselves down deeper and deeper into this empty well. We look up, we see daylight too far away, and tell ourselves that we'll never climb up that high validate ourselves by saying many others have been down in this well too. And we slide further, because it's where we think most of the world is. We convince ourselves we prefer the dark, or that we aren't entitled to that light. You know, this post has been festering in me for several weeks, and I've taken notes and pondered it, the theme kind of wandering and not really making sense. I only do podcasts about once a month because I want the listener to hear something visceral from me, not just another post on a blog like 
the thousands that are out there. But it took a string of negatives to make me want to write this because I needed to change my own direction. Consider it my semi-year recalibration. Nothing irks a writer more than to make a mistake in something she's written. In each of the last three Funds for Writers newsletters, there's been a small faux pas, which irritates me like an infected splinter. Yes, I have a proofreader, but these errors escaped her too. It's probably another serendipitous lineup of planets and stars sort of thing. Yet life goes on. But sometimes it's hard for me to understand that. Emails poured in for each of the tiny mistakes. One misspelled word in one newsletter, one past deadline in a newsletter of 69 right ones, one link that had suddenly changed from the time I found it, and I caught myself spiraling again. Really, really stupid. Why do I bother, I thought. Why do I not hear from most of these people unless there's a mistake? Why do they start with, you normally do good work, but when they've never told me I did good work before. Suddenly, I was just seeing the wrong. Everything was bad. And I was sliding into that habit of looking for the wrong in others. And I started conceding, thinking that my limitations fell far beneath that of those I read about in blogs. It's what we do when we're critiqued, when we err, when we get rejected. We start giving ourselves permission to fail. I literally rose from the computer and left the house to break the spiral, and it was time to use another part of my mind. It was time to slow down, think, and make a conscious effort to look at life differently. Do not misinterpret this as shaking it off. No and uh-uh. If you want to irritate me, tell me I don't understand something, or tell me to just shake it off. Both are quite condescending and only serve to insult my intelligence. As a result, I fight hard not to say these two things to others, and I damn sure didn't want to tell that to myself. I need logic. I need a plan. Make me proactive, darn it. I'm a writer. Many of you are writers. All of you are readers. Envision yourself as a character in a story, your story. When we create fiction, we take this character and we play games with her. We use what if with abandon and liberty to build a stronger character, to propel the story, to make great points, to define pivotal moments. In a story, a feature, a scene, we step back a second and go, what if she does this instead of that? And our character is thrown headlong in another direction, good or bad. It's how we give dimension to this player and make her think twice, make her change direction, or dig her way out of a situation. Amazing how writers don't do that with their own lives. Amazing how we overlook such a simple tool with such power to change. In the blog Courage to Create, Alan Morales did a recent post entitled A Beginning Mind Control Guide for Writers. Basically, he states we need to meditate and realize that we as human beings are not our minds. Yeah, I had to read that twice too. He states we are a spirit and not defined by the chatter that is our mind. Our spirit is our definition. Our mind is our thoughts, which can be quite flexible and manipulated. 
but it's not our spirit. You know how some people stay busy but never seem to accomplish much, yet others take the same 24 hours and create something of substance with that time? That's how I interpret Alan's message. Thoughts keep us mired in drama. Spirit, however, endows us with purpose. Too many of us are afraid of the responsibility that comes with purpose. But purpose is empowering, y'all. So how do you control your mind and learn to better focus on your purpose? You choose what to think, making those thoughts positive. You turn your brain around. It doesn't solve your money problems or cure your 